Hello and welcome to this Thursday edition of Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belter. You can follow me at Chris Belter 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're watching on the YouTube version, I've just flashed that on your screen for you. The show is at PBW Podcast. Make sure that you give us a follow, interact with us on social media. That is the best way for us to know if you're digging what we're doing. We want to talk about what you want to hear about. Best way for you to give us that feedback is through social media. Also, you can drop us a five-star review wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all those things. Drop us that five-star review. That helps the show a lot. If you are watching on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, hit the notifications bell. Uh, that way you get notified every time that we drop a new episode as well as all the other great shows as part of the Bodyslam.net family. Also, if you're listening to us on SportsWire Radio, thank you for doing that. Make sure you keep it tuned in right here for all of your sports needs. They will be fulfilled on the SportsWire Radio station. I promise you that. My name is Chris Belcher. Thanks for hanging out with me. As always, the young buck, Mr. Andy York, is in the house. Andy, I feel like we say this every week. Wait a minute. We say this every week. <laughs> we have a loaded show. The wrestling world is on fire right now. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's gonna get crazier too as time goes on as well. I don't think it's gonna slow down anytime soon, but it's it's a lot of fun and there's so much to talk about. There's so much to get into today. There is so much to talk about, and we're gonna jump right in. Again, follow us on social media. Keep up with us. Um, let's dive in, man. Let's go to AEW first. Lots of stuff happening. Uh, we teased it on Monday's episode. Let's talk about the Texas Death Match right off the top, my boy. Adam Cole, baby, falling short to Hangman Adam Page, retaining the World Heavyweight Championship. Man, I know we've, first of all, hard-hitting match, really good. Not as violent as I expected, but really good. Um, and then it looks, man, we've speculated, like, where is this really going to end up? And we saw the tease this last night on Dynamite with CM Punk. Do you think the Adam Cole thing is over? Are we headed to CM Punk, Adam Page at double or nothing? Like, what's your thoughts on the match and then kind of where we're going? Yeah, so I thought the match itself, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that it wasn't as violent as I thought it was going to be. Like, I, I really enjoyed kind of the pacing of the match. And because Adam Cole is not necessarily like a violent style. He can, but he's not like a violent style like right. uh, Hangman is. Um, I'm pretty sure Hangman did get busted open hard away with the super kick to the jaw. <laughs> that yep. kind of busted his mouth open. Um, I love the match. I thought the match was really fun. I thought it, they, they did a great job with it. Um, I kind of thought afterwards that maybe we were going to get another match at Double or Nothing between Page and Cole, and I thought Cole was going to win. Like I thought, I thought this was going to be the time that Cole wins. Um, I, I don't necessarily think they're done with it. I think they're just kind of putting it aside. Um, for now, I don't know if um, Cole is going to be the one. I, I Honestly, I think if they do Punk versus Hangman at Double or Nothing, I think Punk wins. And mm. I think I think Adam Cole could be the first challenger for CM Punk because I think long-term-wise, I think they're going to run back Punk versus MJF and have MJF take the belt off of Punk, mm. um, which <clears throat> I think that's, that's a great way to kind of bring that story back around. Um, but I don't think they're necessarily done with this. I just think they're kind of putting it off to the side for now um, to bring in Punk because I think Punk's too hot right now not to not to have this match at basically their WrestleMania. 
So right. I think it, I think it's I think it's really important for them to do that. Well, like you said, you know, we're 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 a month out of double or nothing, give or take. So yeah. I feel like if it's going to be punk, that's got to be at double or nothing. Like I don't think yeah. you can put that on a special dynamite and then turn around and do page Cole three at double or nothing. I mean, you, it makes sense. You can do that on a quick turnaround, but it just, I don't know. Yeah. At, at this point, Adam Cole is Owen two against yeah. Hangman Adam page. So he doesn't deserve another title shot. No. You know what I mean? And I, I think, I think they may be waiting for Kenny to come back. Because yeah. I think I think we're gonna I think the first big feud back for Kenny probably is going to be Adam Cole. Yep, I agree. Um, and so I think that may be because Kenny may be coming back before Double or Nothing. We have that big ten man tag that's taking place next week that you never know he could just pop up there and show up there. So that could be where they're heading as well. Um, but yeah, I think they are putting it kind of aside for now, and then they're going to pro- probably start telling this other story and then kind of bring it back around a little bit later. I got gotcha. you. So. My boy Adam Cole was going to have to wait on the AEW championship. Uh, I'm like you. I'm not sold that CM Punk is going to beat Hangman the first time around. If they have a rematch, I definitely think he will. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that CM Punk, I don't know. I don't know if he needs the title. Like, I know that people want him to have the title, and I feel yeah. like he wants to have the title, but I don't think, I don't know that he needs it. I think it's an end to get. MJF, MJF. Title. you're right because I think MJF beating anybody is big but I think MJF beating Punk for the title I think adds so much more to it so yeah. I think that 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 probably is and I'm not it's weird thinking that CM Punk might be a transitional champion I, I, when I say that though I think he's going to have like probably a six month reign or longer yeah. because they that's one thing AEW does really well with their world title is it's not being hot shot around like, like whoever holds it, holds it for, for a little bit. So I, th- I think that could be where they're heading with, with that and then giving it to, to MJF down the line. Yeah. We, I mean, we are both in agreement that MJF is going to get it down the yeah. line at some point. The guy yeah. is could already, he's not even sniffed the championship aside from his one match with John Moxley, Yeah, but we can both agree. He's going to be one of the greatest AEW champions yeah. ever. Yeah. And he's not even gotten close. So no. it's going to happen. You're right. I think it has the most effect when he beats CM Punk. Only time will tell when they get there. But speaking of CM Punk, we saw a dream match last night on dynamite that we probably didn't necessarily <laughs> think we were going to see when punk came back. It was yeah. Punk against Dustin Rhodes. Man, it was a really solid match. I'm glad we got it. The finish fell flat to me. What'd you think? Well, I I really like I'm I feel I'm so happy for Dustin, first off, because sure. he is finally getting the respect that he deserves because he was I'm not gonna say given a gimmick that wasn't gonna work, but there was only so much you could do with Gold Dust. Like Gold Dust was oh, never Gold but... Dust was never gonna be taken seriously. And that, that was the point, though. I know. Because yeah. re- in 1995, right. yeah, 95, dude, when Gold Dust, that context, I know we're, you know, heading <laughs> off on a rabbit trail here, but man, when Gold Dust debuted in 95, nobody knew what to do with that. Right. And that was the good part. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to disagree. I don't think it was a gimmick that he was just saddled with that, like, was, you know, like Dusty Rhodes and Polka Dots. Man, this gimmick, this was such an iconic gimmick, especially right. for that era. But it didn't pan out to anything. And I, I think I think that's kind of part of it of like he 
in 2005, if you would have said we got Goldust versus CM Punk, I don't think people would have thought it was going to be this type of match that we got on, mm. on AEW. Because I don't think Goldust worked or wrestled the same style that he does now as Dustin Rhodes in AEW. Because um, I can never remember Goldust hitting a Canadian Destroyer <laughs> like he does as fluently as he does and things like well, that. Well, that's, that's, that's true, too. <laughs> but again, I'm going to push back on that because even Goldust in the Ruthless Aggression era, yeah. when he was tagged with Booker T and he was doing the Tourette's thing. Oh, he's, and like, he's, he's entertaining. Like, there's no... there's. There was no doubt about that. Goldust was absolutely entertaining, but he was never viable to be like a world title guy or a main guy or or even kind of like to what Dustin Rhodes sort of is. And because I don't think Dustin Rhodes is a main top guy, but he's getting right. the respect that he deserves for his in ring ability. Finally, I I feel like, um, and it could just be because of when I started watching wrestling. Goldust was basically an afterthought at that point. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The the context so, of what you have of yeah. gold dust, no, absolutely no. So that that's why I'll continue to push back yeah. on that. But the the finish of the match, yeah, the finish Sorry, of the I match. Cut you I, off like three you're guys. good. You're good. I, I they were kind of like telling the story though of like Dustin hurt his knees during the match, and so he couldn't really use his knees. Punk hurt his arm, so he couldn't get himself up for the the GTS. So he had to like resort to what he was going for. Um, and you know, I it. it it was definitely out of nowhere. It was definitely kind of a quick ending to the match. Um, it didn't really take anything away from it, though, because I really enjoyed it. I, I thought both guys did really, really great. Um, I think Punk is doing... It's kind of like Edge. Punk is doing some of the best things that he's ever done right now, and I think that is really playing a whole part into this. Um, but the ending was was very abrupt and very quick, but I think that was like for by design for a reason, kind of, because they've been telling the story of of both of them kind of dealing with an injured arm and an injured knee. See, I would have, I, I would have had Dustin tap out to the Anaconda device or something like that. Yeah. I know, I know punk really hasn't used that as a finish in AEW, but if you're telling the story of, he can't get him up. Okay. Well let's do that. Let's, yeah. I just want, I, I know the roll up is a definitive finish, but I feel like it was a cop out for this match. Like Dustin does not get hurt by tapping out or by getting no. pinned. It no. doesn't happen. No, I I agree with that, and it may have been like Punk was a respect thing because this was a dream match for for Dustin to have this match, and he you know it may have been one of those things backstage. I just I don't feel like anybody got hurt from this quick roll up. I just think it was uh, all right. Let's get a finish to this match and then let's move on, kind of thing. Because I they've been doing this with Punk of him kind of starting off uh, dynamite with a random match that turns out to be right. really good, and then him teasing with Adam Page, and so I think that was probably just to get to that end moment with, with hangman coming out. Also, it wouldn't be an episode of the pipe bomb wrestling podcast. If I didn't get on my soapbox about Jim Ross, um, the end of the, <laughs> the end of this match where they shook hands, I'm fine with, I yeah. get that. Okay, cool. That's great. Awesome. Two legends, fan favorites. Awesome. But then Jr. opens <laughs> his dang mouth and he says, Oh, I'm so glad to see this. We just don't see this enough in wrestling. We just don't see people shaking hands. I love the show of respect. Listen, JR, this is wrestling. This is storytelling. You're not yeah. supposed to see that all the time. There there were like three instances where JR kind of said something he shouldn't. Not that he shouldn't have said, but just really didn't settle right with me. At the beginning of the match, when Punk was in the ring saying this is a match that Punk should win, Dustin shouldn't beat Punk, things like that. It's like, well, you're already burying Dustin on commentary. Exactly. <laughs> and then there was at one point where 
Um, he basically said, "Wrestling, modern wrestling fans like wrestling. Who would have thought? Well, duh, dummy. That's what we're watching. <laughs> I will say this, though. Having Jerry the King Lawler on Raw makes me appreciate somewhat of what Jim Ross is doing on AEW. Because Jim Ross is not as bad as, as I can't stand Jerry on commentary. Well, I, and we'll get to this when we get and to I WWE. think. And I think if JR wasn't the main commentator, like main uh, color commentary, if he was like a side guy or whatever, I think it would have been fine. Like it would be different. But the yeah. fact that he is the voice is like, we need to move on a little bit. We need yep. to p- put him somewhere else for now. Right. Well, and we'll get to this when we get to WWE, I guess. But I, I, I'm okay with Lawler. I think the problem with Lawler in the situation that he is in yeah. is that we now see, if we didn't know already, how much that Corey Graves holds that team together and how much that he contributes because Jimmy Smith is good, but he's still green. Byron Saxon only does well when he has somebody to play off of. And he and Lawler do not have the chemistry to play off of each other. So Byron's good. Lawler is good. And Jimmy is good. They just don't have good chemistry. They don't work together. They don't No. No. So hopefully, hopefully Graves will be back this week. I think he is. I think he's supposed to be back. I hope so. All right. A couple more <laughs> things from AEW before we move on. Tony Khan teased a major announcement this week on Dynamite, and he delivered with the announcement of the collaboration with New Japan on an event called the Forbidden Door. And you know, ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen in June. Um, Man, I... I'm underwhelmed by this announcement. Really? And the reason I, oh, he, hear me out. The reason I'm underwhelmed is I saw it coming a mile away. Like you had to know that something like this was going to come. I understand that it's a big deal. I get the weight of it. Okay. What? Blah, blah, blah. But it, you, you saw it coming a mile away. So why? I, I, I don't know. Help See, me out here. Like, because, I know that it's big, but help me yeah. out here. No, because I I think part of it is I didn't I didn't expect it to be a pay per view like this. Like I I fully okay. didn't expect this moment to kind of ever really happen. I just thought maybe we would get like a Ishii to come in or a Minoru Suzuki to come in. But the fact now that we are getting this dual pay per view where like Okada could now show up and have a match, and Naito could have a match, and Tanahashi could have a match, and Bullet Club could come in, and like. We could get the elite versus Bullet Club. There's there's so many different options now that are that could happen at this pay per view. Um, I think it just opens up a lot of different stuff. I will say, this is the paper like the fact that this is a pay per view event and not a TV special or like on TV or whatever. I think it's because this isn't for the TV viewer. Like this is for like. A me who is a hardcore AEW fan slash hardcore New Japan fan. Oh, this is happening. I'm definitely buying the pay-per-view now to watch this. So like right. I think I think doing it there is really smart, especially in a city like Chicago that is <clears throat> basically the headquarters of AEW at this point. Yep. Everything big that happens with AEW happens yep. in Chicago. Yep. Um and so I think I really think it was a, a brilliant decision having the president of New Japan there. Having Jay White come out right after, like Adam Cole popping up on on the, like that whole moment, I really really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I I I wasn't expecting this to be the announcement. Like I didn't know what the announcement was going to be. I I thought maybe they had. I, honestly, I thought maybe it was a streaming deal. Like they were coming out and mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, now this is like our streaming platform." Things like that. 
to me, this is much better than a streaming deal. Like this is this is something that we've been waiting for for a while, and now it's finally happened. I, th- I think it's going to be really really cool to see it. Is it going to be a one off? You think or okay? Let me rephrase. Yeah. Is it going to be a one off event, or is this testing the waters and now we're going to see this partnership sharing talent? Yada yada yada. Uh, uh, I think it's honestly probably like a testing of the water of like, let's see how this goes. Let's see how everybody works together <clears throat> because in like a year from now, if they run it back, if ring of honor is built back up because ring of honor, new Japan have always had that working relationship. Now you could have something really big. I, I think this forbidden door pay-per-view could stick around. Um, and you know, the thing about the forbidden door pay-per-view is it doesn't necessarily always have to be with new Japan. Like they could do it with Impact, they could do it with AAA, they could do it right. with right WWE if okay. they really wanted to, which okay. would be crazy. But there's there's the point that I'm getting to right there. Last week I ranted a little bit about everything with Ring of Honor being convoluted, and we right. need to kind of flesh it out. Now we're introducing New Japan. We've already introduced Impact. We've had NWA for a hot minute. Now we're introducing New Japan. If AEW's goal is all elite wrestling, like I said last week, if this is now going to be this combined force of everybody but WWE, okay. But we need to somehow separate stuff. You know, like, because now it's like, okay, we got the AAA also. I didn't even mention them. You have the AAA Tag Team Championship. Now you're going to bring in the ROH Tag Team Championship. Oh, you got the AEW. Now we're we're devaluing belts. Now we're devaluing things like that. And I get, I don't know, man. I just, I think it should be, if we're going to do this forbidden door with ROH and with New Japan and blah, 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 I think it needs to be one showdown per year. You can defend all the belts on the show. That's cool. But we need to limit it. Yeah, and you I know what I, I mean. And I think we might be getting to that point. But I think just doing it with New Japan is a great way to test that water to see even if this sure. will work. Because even if it doesn't work, test like even if it doesn't work defending all these titles or whatever, you're gonna get matches you never thought you would get on this one pay per view that sure. people are gonna turn out to watch. So that like that in and of itself, I think is gonna be a success. But you know, if it's a one-off, then it's. I think it becomes something even more special mm-hmm. than if it's like a yearly thing or every other year. Like I think you yeah. could do this every other year instead of yearly, and it could be something really like special, really powerful, like something that really means a whole lot. So I think yep. that could be where we're going. I also understand what you're saying of too many cooks in the kitchen kind of mm-hmm. thing. Of like it starts to devalue, but I think for a, especially a company like AAA that like a lot of Americans don't pay attention to it's great exposure for them. Haven't sure. having FCR hold those titles. FCR comes out with them regularly. Like they're it, it's not like a Kenny Omega situation with the impact title where they're kind of in the background, like the FCR kind of walks around with them and things like that. So I think that for them is really good. But I think if we start to do too much of it, then things start to fall apart. That, that That's just what's concerning to me. Like I understand the concept. Could I, kudos i mean for them to be able to pull that off like that's not me being facetious or anything like that kudos to them for being able to pull this off and this could be a really cool thing yeah i'm not saying it's not going to be i just 
I'm looking ahead like, okay, what does this mean now going forward? Are we going to have all this representation on the show? And if we are, we really need to separate stuff. Mm -hmm. We really need to, I hate to use a WWE term, but we might need to split the brands. We might need to do something to keep everything in a box. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just, that's what I worry about. Um, Speaking of the future, man, this coming week, on Dynamite and on Rampage, we got a loaded card for the next, you know, next couple shows. Um, Marina Shafir is already getting her shot at Jay Cargill. Talk about rushing a storyline. Um, <laughs> um, you get Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara in a rematch, TNT Championship in a ladder match, and then the one that I know you and I are chomping at the bits for, man, is this Owen Hart tournament qualifier between Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Oh man, <laughs> I can't wait. I uh, it's it's I love when they do stuff like this. I love when wrestling does stuff like this because in like the cruiserweight classic, you had Ciampa versus Gargano. That was yep. like amazing match. And this was like before DIY split up. They were still together. They were still a hot tag team doing all of their things. I I am so excited for this. Like I I think it's going to be great. The only thing that would make this better as if they introduced Bret Hart as a special guest referee for this match. <laughs> That's the only thing that would make this better. Um, and I, I'm so like, it's fitting that this happens during the Owen Hart tournament. And I love that this is like when this happens. Um, I think this is probably the only time this might ever happen, mm-hmm. um, which I, I'm very excited for. So yeah, that that's going to be really cool. And then, I'm also looking forward to Adam Cole versus Ishii on. I didn't on even Rampage. mention that one. Yeah. yeah, I think that match is going to absolutely kill it. I really do. Um. I'm going to go on record right now, and I'm going to say that Bret Hart does show up next week. Yeah. Because these two guys are in the Owen Hart tournament. I think this is where we finally get Bret. We, and we, we, maybe we don't get the official partnership next week, but we definitely get Plant the seeds. much closer. Yes. Yeah. You're much closer. And, I do. I think Brett shows up. I really do. And I really hope both guys come out in like purple gear. I re, I really hope so. Like, I, yeah. I think they will, but I, that would just be icing on the cake for all of yep. this. That would be very cool. Okay, anything else from AEW before we move on um, to the big boys in New York? Uh, yeah, one thing is uh, Sting in a backwards hat was the best thing. Didn't ever. even mention the coffin mask that. from last night. I I I loved. Just I knew the mask. Who like I knew it was going to be Sting, but when he pulled the mask back and he had the snap back on backwards, I was like, "This uh, is the coolest thing ever!" Like yep. I I love this thing. Uh, the match and then was him great. doing. Then him doing sting things, jumping oh off the balconies gosh. again. Oh my gosh! I, I it was a train wreck. That's the thing with Darby Allen matches and Sting matches. Now they're train wrecks, but they're so much fun to watch, and right. that's exactly what this was. So I, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I think Sting, especially at his age, he has to have train wreck matches, right? <laughs> yeah. But like Sting's never had train wreck matches ever. Like the closest he ever came, he had, you know, the strap matches with Vader and mm-hmm. he had the Inferno or not the Inferno match, but the um uh whatever match where Vampiro where he got set on fire with Vampiro. I mean that ridiculousness. But yeah, man, like it's cool to see. I'm digging yeah. it. I it's it's that old older wrestler style of like when you hit a certain age, you can't do the same thing. So you just gotta hit the quick movements and everybody else kind of killed themselves for it. Like we saw it with stone cold and Kevin Owens. It was, it wasn't pretty, but it was a train wreck match. That was a lot of fun to watch and yep. it, it's fun every week. 
It definitely was. One more thing that I want to mention is I noticed something very interesting in the trios match or six man, whatever you want to call it, in the Blackpool Combat Club. And I don't even remember Lee Moriarty, Brock Anderson, and Dante Martin. Yeah, that's Mm. who they faced. I found something really interesting. Brian Danielson came out wearing a Blackpool Combat Club shirt. For those of you who are not keeping track, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Danielson (laughs) debuted at All Out. Yep. And that was Labor Day weekend 2021. Mm -hmm. It was in September. We are seven, almost eight months removed from that. Mm -hmm. And you have not seen Brian Danielson on (laughs) AEW television sporting anything other than a solid, plain white t-shirt. Yep. Until now. And he has specifically made a comment about that. Yeah. You know, he said in interviews that he wasn't going to wear his stuff. He wasn't going to wear anything other than a plain white t-shirt because it's a blank canvas. This is him starting over. And now for the first time he's branded shows yeah. you how much this means to him. I, I love everything about the Blackpool combat club. Like yeah. it's from the moment William Regal showed up after that match. It has been absolute gold. Yeah. Um, the fact that they added Yuta to it. I, I love that they're bringing in like younger guys to come along I love that William Regal's on commentary because the dude is just I I might be the biggest William Regal mark that never got to see him really wrestle. I think you are. <laughs> I love William Regal. Like I I would take a bullet for this man. I love okay. William Regal. And so hearing him on commentary, if they ever wanted to get let Jar move along, I think you could put William Regal on commentary and it would be absolutely fine. Um, but I, I love everything that they've done. I love that you can tell how much fun not just Brian Danielson, but John Moxley is having during this mm-hmm. time as well. Um, and I like the fact that like they're doing this so they don't have to be in the world title picture. Like yes. nobody cares that they're not in the world title picture now because they're doing something interesting. And I, honestly, like I, I really think John Moxley and Brian Danielson are two guys that don't need the title right now. They're doing their thing. I think Brian Danielson is going to win it at some point. I I, I think he's going to win it before. He leaves AEW, but I really, really love what they're doing right now. To bring this conversation full circle, uh, Punk beats Adam Page at Double or Nothing. First challenger for CM Punk, Brian Danielson. Yeah, the problem, I don't want Brian Danielson to lose that many championship matches, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Like I, I think Jericho would be fun because that could be like a full circle they ch- he challenged him at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. You could bring that back around full circle. Um, Adam Cole versus Punk, I think, would be fun. Like I really do, but I, I don't want Brian Danielson to lose that many championship matches because then it's like, well, he's what now? Like he's going to continue to lose every time he's in there, right? But I mean, I you think could, some point down the line. I mean, you could Brian could beat Punk for the title, and then you could run back Brian and Kenny Omega for the title, yeah. but the titles the other way around. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then I don't MJF, know. MJF beats Danielson, and then Wardlow beats MJF. There you go. <laughs> we have just booked the territory for the next three years because that's how long it's going to take in AEW. <laughs> All right. If you are just now checking us out, welcome to the Bite Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Andy York each and every Monday and Thursday, really, 
here on the show. Old school, new school. There's something for everybody here on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast uh, and the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. And keep it tuned into Sports Wire Radio 24-7 for all your sports coverage. If there's not something there for you, then I feel sorry for you because they cover everything on Sports Wire Radio. Uh, but we are going to rapid fire some WWE topics here. And the reason I say we're going to rapid fire, yes, I took that from Conrad Thompson. Don't hate me. Um, but we're going to rapid fire these because there's so much to get to. Literally, like we were talking before we recorded, like, okay, is there anything from SmackDown to Raw that we can really leave out? And the answer is no. Like everything. Andy, we normally have this dip after WrestleMania. And if you talk to a lot of fans, they may be feeling the dip. Um, I don't think we're getting that. I think that I'm just as invested in this as I was before. And I think all of these stories are really, really interesting. You know, I think, I think WWE is still in a good spot. Yeah. I think there are some stories that I could, I'm, I'm dipping in a lot. Like I'm, I'm, Heading face down in, but there's that there are more that I'm interested in that I'm not interested in. If sure. that makes sense. So like yep. Cody, the Cody thing is keeping me around. Um, I'm sure we'll talk we'll talk about it here in a little bit. But I hated the Ezekiel moment at first, and I I love it. Kevin Owens has turned it into gold. Right. Um, the Usos, I love like all of that stuff. I'm really enjoying. There's just some other things that I'm like, eh, we could be doing something a little bit better here, but you got to do something to kind of build towards later right. on. So I, I get that. Well, let's talk real quick about two things that happened last week on SmackDown that the story continued this past SmackDown that we did not get to address last week because we were running short on time. And that is the re-debut and repackage of Lacey Evans and the face turn. Face turn. <laughs> Baby face, Mad Cat Moss. Um, I, I, I don't know what to think on these two things. What are your, what are your thoughts? Um, I like how personable they're making Lacey Evans feel like, I like the story that they're telling because I think they tried this before and it didn't work very well, but letting her just be herself and just right. talk about the struggles that she went through. Like, I, th I think that's really interesting. Uh, Matt cat Mossman is one of those that, uh, you know, because you were sitting right beside me, I booed heavily at that SmackDown when he won the Andre the Giant. Like, I I was physically angry at one point that he won. And now I'm like, I'd love it. Like, I, I like him being without Happy Corbin. I love the turn that happened. Who would have thought that he would be as hot as he kind of is right now after yeah. all? They did a really good job of turning him at the right time. Corbin did a great job of, of being the guy that we wanted to see get killed <laughs> so mad cat moss is kind of doing that for us now as right. well so I, I really enjoy what they're doing with, with those two and you know we dog wwe all the time for not creating new stars and they're kind of slowly starting to do that yep. in some some cases it's at the expense of someone else which we'll talk about in a little bit yes because that's that's yeah that's going to be fun but other than that I, they're doing a great job of kind of building towards the future Yep. It's just, will they hold out? Will they let that run out? Or will they just be like, nope, we're done with Let's move on. Like that type right. of thing. Well, like with the situation with Madcap, like I have no idea how he got so popular so quickly. <laughs> like, it baffles me how over he is right now, but he is. <laughs> yeah. Now what I would like to see is for Corbin to transition out of this happy character and let's get back to a darker side of Corbin. Yeah. Let's do something with that. 
and turn him into a nasty heel rather than a stupid heel. You yeah. know, uh, I know that you need that spot on the roster, but that's just what I think. The the happy gimmick now has kind of run its course without yeah. Moss. And as far as Lacey Evans goes, I'm cool with repackaging her fine. Uh, I think the story's been great, like you said. I just hope she's improved her wrestling because if she hasn't improved her wrestling, it ain't going to make much of a difference. Well, you also got to remember the last time we saw her, the storyline that they were pushing. I know. I <laughs> and know. So I think they're kind of like, let's put this out there so everybody forgets about what right. when she left because that was an uncomfortable moment. That was an uncomfortable time. Let's talk about another thing from SmackDown, and that was we get the announcement that we are getting a unification of the tag team titles. We are going to see at WrestleMania Backlash, RK Bro against the Usos. Randy Orton, man, dude is on fire right now. He is. He on is. fire. Yeah, and I hate to see that because he's going to lose that title <laughs> at yeah. Backlash. Um, but, yeah, the promo he cut, I mean, he's just... He's going after everybody's jugular right now, and I love it. Like he doesn't care what he says about who, who he says it to, when he says it. Like that's that's the Randy Orton that we all love. Is an unfiltered, who cares, Randy? Um, I love what they're doing with him right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if something happens at Backlash that we start to plant the seeds towards one of them turning on the other. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, like, I'm, I'm fine with this if they never really turn until later on. Like, I think you could ride this out for a little bit longer and keep that momentum going um, all the way to SummerSlam or even further beyond. I think you can even split them without having a turn. Yeah. Like, that that doesn't necessarily have to happen, you know? Yeah. You just drift them apart. But I, I think that they're so popular right now. Like, I think right. that would be really hard to do that. Maybe oh, yeah, if they yeah. don't have the titles, maybe that you could slowly start to do that. Yeah. But even if you start to drift them apart, I don't think you can really until like until close to SummerSlam because they're so popular right now together. Like they're sure. you you don't really you can't really have one without the other at this point in time. Oh, I completely agree. And I'm not saying they need to be split right. apart. I'm just saying that if we ever get to a point where it's time to to split them, like you don't have to do a big turn. Like right. should you? Yeah, probably, but I don't think you have to. Right. Um a point of contention that Andy and I have had on this show, if you've listened to it for any extended amount of time, at least bef- right before WrestleMania, is this whole argument of unification versus winner take all. And throughout WrestleMania season and now, they're using both terms, unification and winner take all. Um, it looks like, yes, like you said, the Usos are probably going to win at WrestleMania Backlash, and they're going to hold all four championships. But here's my issue, is that WWE is continuing to use the word unification, and this is not a true unification. No. Like WrestleMania 35, you had the triple threat match for the Raw and SmackDown women's title, and they were very specific. They did not use the word unification. It was a winner take all. I was okay with that because then Becky was able to drop one title and keep the other. Okay. I don't like that, but I can accept it. Now you're using unification and, but we're going to get to a point, at least if you read the dirt sheets online, it seems like we're going to get to a point where the Usos will drop one set of titles or Roman will drop one of the titles. And that just doesn't sit well with me, man. Like I, I don't like that. Yeah. 
I'm a fan of combining all the titles and just having one champion for both shows. I'm good with that. I know you kind of lean the other way, but what's your thoughts on this whole thing? I think with the tag division, I'm totally fine with unifying the titles. Like I think, I think in the tag division, you could have one set of tag team champions because there's not a whole lot of tag teams. So I don't think you really need two tag teams. I don't think you need two champs for both brands. I think you'd have one champ going back and forth. Um, with the whole Roman thing, I completely agree. However, I would think it would be very interesting if, let's say, Cody Rhodes wins Money in the Bank. And he comes out and says, I'm cashing in my Money in the Bank at SummerSlam. Not for the Universal title, but for the title my dad never won. Yeah, And then that's where you have that match. Maybe maybe Roman pulls double duty that night and wrestles twice, um, kind of like Seth did at, at Night of Champions. Mm-hmm. Maybe he pulls double duty, which if you want Roman to look like this absolute beast of a dude, have him wrestle twice in one night, and you know he could lose, he could lose, win, retain the universal title, and lose the WWE championship, and still look completely like sure. strong. Not not lose anything. They could go that route. I think they keep using both because they don't know what they're doing yet. They right. haven't decided what what's going to happen yet. And I think that that's my biggest issue with this whole thing is if you're going to do the double champ thing know whether you're going to unify the title or know if you're just going to do the double championship thing. Because if you're doing right. this like a a pay-per-view by pay-per-view thing, it's going to get convoluted very quickly and mm-hmm. it's going to get very messy. So I, I think that is my biggest fear of... I don't want any damage to be done to Roman at this point. Right. Who would have thought I would be sitting here on this podcast saying, I don't want any damage done to Roman. But I don't right. because he's the greatest champion of our generation. Like, <laughs> Like... I think before him it was Punk because Punk had that 400, almost 500-day reign or whatever it was. Now it's definitely Roman Reigns, and I don't want to see that end in a really stupid way. And I, yeah. I, I'm afraid that that's where we're heading with all of this. See, I'm of the mindset like you can't have one without the other, meaning you can't combine the tag titles and not combine the world title. Or, yeah. you, you know, it either has to be both titles for both shows or one title for both shows either way now the intercontinental in the u.s you can get away with that because you can still have both championships because it's not uncommon to have two mid-card titles you can do that that's fine and that's not necessarily the same title to combine anyway so i think if you if you're combining them i think you need to combine them across the board i've been saying this for a long long time now but that's just my opinion. Yep. Uh, let's move on to Monday Night Raw. Let's move on to Cody. You mentioned him and Kevin Owens earlier. Uh, well, Kevin Owens in the lie detector statement, which we're going to get to. Uh, Cody and KO in the main event of Raw. Man, a lot of people online, including the busted open crew, were very vocal about they weren't happy that Kevin Owens was Cody's opponent. And the reason being is because KO's not a true heel. And he's an entertaining heel. And people get behind him, especially... Yep because of his recent run with Steve Austin. So my thought is, okay, I understand that. But number one, who do you put in there against Cody then? Like who is like, we all knew it was going to be Kevin Owens that Seth Rollins was picking. Who else is it going to be? You can't bring somebody in, you know? Yeah. I, Kevin Owens, it doesn't bother me as much. I just, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted this to happen because I want this to be a feud that we don't yes. see that match until later on. Like that that's and, my And you know concern. what? That might be why we didn't get a clean finish. You know, while yeah. we got the count out deal. Yeah, but I, I think the count out deal doesn't make Cody look that strong though either. Like sure I, I, I a definitive finish would have been, you know, the icing on the cake of Seth saying, Well, you surprised me and you beat me. That's the only reason why. And then him having a surprise opponent and Cody beating that surprise opponent saying, look, I can I can do it. You can't do it. I, I think right. that adds more to the story than, you know, Kevin Owens just walking out. But I, I don't agree. know who you have that's going to be a big name come in to to take that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could have a Walter, uh, but you don't want Walter to lose that early. Right. You could have... That's, that's the thing, is if you debut somebody, if you bring somebody from NXT, you shouldn't have them lose. Right. Like, if, especially if you're pushing them and making them a formidable opponent, not only for Cody, but for their future opponents. Yeah. What good is it going to be for Cody to beat them on the first night? I mean, you could have, like, a Dolph Ziggler um, if you wanted to, but that's, that's underwhelming. You could have... Austin Theory do double duty like that would be that would be something um, yep. you could you could I, I mean there's not a whole lot of people that you could have picked um, but yeah I just I the match was great like the match was really great until the mm-hmm. finish I'm not a big fan of the finish but I I just wish they would have done something else to kind of advance that forward I mean you could have done the Miz again but we've already seen that so like right. I think that that's part of the problem as well. I was okay with Kevin Owens being the opponent. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I mean, it was interesting to hear the guys on Busted Open and their arguments and the stuff I read online about it. I I was okay with it. I get the point. I I get where they're coming from about, you know, the finish and, you know, Kevin Owens and how hot he is right now and everything like that. I totally understand that. But at the same time, I was okay with it. You know, that that, that didn't bother me as much. Kevin Owens pulled double duty on Monday Night Raw, (laughs) as we mentioned earlier. The lie detector segment with Ezekiel and hosted by Chad Gable. Man, this thing was incredible. It should like, not have been. It should not have been as good as it was, but Kevin Owens is so good. And give Gable all oh the credit gosh. in the world, man. That I want what I want to know is how much of that was unscripted banter between those two guys, or had- how much was you know, scripted out. It had to have been mostly unscripted. Like I, there's, they're so good at playing off of each other. It had to have been unscripted. And I will say Ezekiel uh, killed it at his part too. When he said, who wants to speak with Zeke? I lost it. I'm like, "This this is amazing. And I love the fact that everybody other than Kevin Owens is like, no, this is Ezekiel. Elias's brother. Like, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, um, Kevin Owens tweeted out to Sami Zayn. Of like the the Photoshop picture of Elias and Ezekiel together, I was like, Sami Zayn, can you believe this? Whatever, like I believe your conspiracies. And like Sami Zayn was like, Yeah, thank you for joining. Dot dot dot. But it does look like Ezekiel, not Elias. And it's like <laughs> everybody is buying this other than Kevin Owens. I loved it. I Kevin Owens, literally everything he touches has been gold. Yep. Um, I saw a tweet that he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been world champion in like six years he needs a title run soon i don't yeah. think he's held a championship in it's been a minute he was he was u.s champ in 2018 it's been since then since he's been u.s champion also but yes it wasn't no it was 2019 
Because AJ was world champion in 2018. No, it was 2017. Yeah, when he faced Jericho. 17, he was U.S. champ with Jericho. I feel like he has had the U.S. title since then, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, but it's it's been a while. Like that's yes. that's too long that's for him to hold hold a championship. He needs to hold one at some point. Right. But I and I want Chad Gable. Like Chad Gable can hold <laughs> any championship he wants to. The dude is just amazing. I love both those yep. guys. And so this segment was just it was a lot of fun. I know you and I had a lot of anxiousness about what they were going to do with Kevin Owens yep. after WrestleMania, and we got even more anxious the first time we saw this Ezekiel thing. But man. Yeah. I'm all in now. I'm like in. this yeah. is so it's so good. I love yeah. it. As long as it leads somewhere, I'm yeah. in. But like I as of right now, I am thoroughly entertained. At this point, we have to find some way. I don't know how it's gonna happen to get Elias and Ezekiel somehow oh, like on yes. the screen together yes. or something. Yes. Like that has to happen. I don't know how, but it's gotta happen. I, I hope we get the many faces of Elias out of this, like the three mm. faces of Elias. I hope that I don't know how he's going to do the beard thing, but that right. like that's just that would be great. That would be so awesome. Um, you mentioned Austin Theory a little bit ago as a potential opponent for Cody. Well, he wasn't Cody's opponent. He was too busy pinning Finn Balor's shoulder to the mat. One, two, three, cleanly winning the United States Championship. Yeah, I know you're shaking your head. I know you're upset by this. I, I'm not happy with it either, but yeah, man, we've been saying this for a month or so now. That this was going to happen. Like, I know it shouldn't be a shocker. Here's my thing. I'm not mad that theory. I'm fine with theory winning. Like, yeah. I think, I think theory is going to be the net, one of the next big stars in WWE. You have, yeah. he has to be having Vince put this much stock to be on TV with him each and every week. So like, right. I get that. I understand that. I am fine with that. What I can't stand is how weak they have made Finn Balor this entire time. Yeah. Like this, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of U.S. championship reigns. This might be the worst champion, U.S. championship reign of all time. Like he, he won it and then lost every single week. I'm pretty sure after that. I don't, yep. I can't remember of another time that he won. So like if they would have made Finn strong and yep. Theory beat him. That's like that just elevates theory even more. So like that that's the part that frustrates me. Right. That's the part that I don't like. That's the part that I don't think they have any stock in Finn Balor. I don't think he, they see him as anything other than just a lower mid-card guy. Which if that's the case, then either send him back to NXT or just let him go. <laughs> at this well, point. and and I think to that point though, you have to look at the landscape of everything else in WWE. Finn Balor doesn't necessarily have a character. No. Like, he doesn't, and that's part of the reason, I think. Yeah. You and I are okay with that. Most of the WWE Universe is okay with that. But the man that has the pencil and makes all the decisions is not. But if my thing is, if they would have just, if they would just give him a chance to get on the mic and just let him talk, like, he can get the character started very quickly. Right. And we talked about this after... Extreme rules. After that whole thing, it's been nothing but downhill since right. then. They never right. explained what happened. They never brought it back up again. They never even mentioned anything about Finn Balor. So I, I, I really hope either he gets to do something from like soon or 
you know, and I, I know you're going to hate this, but after this whole AJ Edge thing, put them together. Put Edge and AJ together. Or Edge and uh, AJ and Finn together. Let oh, them I was be gonna, together. I'm, no, I was going to bring that up. Like, let them up. run together for a little bit and then let them, one of them turn, let Finn turn on AJ and yeah. bring in like the Prince Devitt version of Finn into WWE. Yeah. And there you go. No, but I don't hate I, that I, at all. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. I don't hate that at all. Like, that was the one thing I had that in my notes to bring up. You know, somebody speculated online with this whole Edge and Damian Priest teaming up on AJ. Insert Finn Balor and let him yeah. come to AJ's aid. That's a yeah. great tag match to have. Yep. You could have that tag match on Raw. I mean, is it pay-per-view worthy? Sure it is, but mm-hmm. that could be a Raw match, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I so, just, I love, like, I, I really hope that they find something for Finn. And if they don't, then just let him go do his thing. Like, let him go do his thing somewhere else. Let him go back. I would love for him to go back to New Japan at this point yeah. because I that's that was where he got started, and I think he could pick it right back up and take off with it again. All right, speaking of Edge and Damian Priest, man, what a promo by Edge. What a segment. And then, of course, they attacked AJ Styles later. Um, Good stuff happening with Edge and Priest. I know a couple weeks ago we were kind of speculative of the whole, you know, what happened in the ring and all all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it seems like that things are, are progressing. I don't like that. Edge was the one to challenge AJ for WrestleMania Backlash. I definitely think it should have been the other way around, Mm -hmm. but that's fine. But, you know, it looks like that, you know, Rhea Ripley turned on Liv Morgan earlier in the night. So it looks like we might be headed towards that, expanding this faction with Edge. I know we've been vocal about, you know, that would be a cool thing. Um, But Bully Ray on Busted Open, he said the same thing. I don't know if anybody that's listened to this heard this or not. Uh, but my rant last week about Christian, Bully Ray had the same rant on Busted Open and said they need to bring Christian over and put him with Edge and Damian Priest, you know, because he said in his words, they're not doing crap with him and AEW, mm-hmm. so they may as well send him back. Um, but what's your thoughts on this whole Edge and Priest thing and kind of where we're headed and Rhea Ripley and yeah. not necessarily Christian, but, you know, that right. whole thing. I I enjoyed this week a lot better than last week. Of I love the promo that Edge cut. Edge Edge with a microphone in his hand is just automatic gold. Like it's yep. automatically going to be perfectly fine. It's going to work really well. Yep. Um, and I like like when Ed, AJ was backstage and the lights started flickering and then they attacked him. Like that stuff is cool. I'm fine yep. with that stuff. Just stay away from the blue light in the ring. <laughs> like that's just to stay away from that because I don't even think they mentioned anything about it this week. I, I don't they know did. if they. They, they did. did. I must have missed it. it. Yeah, I must, they well, they showed it, but I don't think Edge or Priest or anybody. The Edge and anything. Priest briefly mentioned it uh, at the very top of their promo. They said something about it was it was just them playing mind games or or whatever. So I I don't think it's going to stick around at this point. Probably not. If they if they very quickly like, yeah, we were just messing. I then you know I I don't <laughs> I don't think it's going to stick around very much. Um, but yeah, like I, I love it. I would love it if it expanded. Let Rhea Ripley get involved. Let Tommaso Ciampa get involved. Let Finn come to AJ's side, and then let Finn turn and join. Like yep. that would be fine. Like yep. I would be cool with that. Um, you know, I would love it if at some point maybe Ed, AJ is goes into the mindset of you can't beat him, join him, and then starts to break it within, like from yep. the inside out. Like that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it much better than last week, and. 
as long as you let Edge cut promos and Damian Priest be the big monster and Rhea be the big monster, then I think it's going to work out really, really well. I think so, too. I think we're headed in a good direction for it. You know, every storyline like this, good, bad, or indifferent, is going to have a little hiccup. It's going to have a you know, little thing we got to get past, and maybe that's yep. what it was. Yep. All right. Let's get ready to put a bow on this week's episode, man. We have covered so much content. Oh, my goodness. Um, but we can't head out without handing out our high spots and turd sandwiches, the highs and lows this week in the wrestling business. Let's start with the turd sandwich because I got a feeling both of our turd sandwiches is going to be the same. Maybe. So I will let you take the floor first. Okay. What you got, and then we'll see if we're in agreement. So my turd sandwich comes from Monday Night Raw. Okay, we're on the right track. And it is not the double ceremony. Oh. It is Byron Saxton. Because this week, he drove me absolutely crazy. Like, I, everything that came out of his mouth got my blood boiling. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to mute the TV and just watch it without listening to you. When he was fake crying during the double ceremony, he just... it That was, was dumb. Stupid. That was very dumb. Um, there was a couple other moments when he... like just He says the stupidest things sometimes. And I'm like, I don't know if somebody's telling him to say that or if he's just trying to be the goofy guy and just say it. <clears throat> I just... I could not stand Byron Saxon this week. And Jerry Lawler does not help, but Byron Saxon should know better at this point. And he... It did not work for me. So Byron Saxon is my turd sandwich this week. So Corey Graves is going to come back next week and he's just going to be the savior. He's yeah. going to annihilate. I hope it's so. It's going to be hilarious. I hope so. Uh, mine is the double commitment ceremony because it could have been so much better. Like for all of the crap that we have seen over the last month or so with this whole storyline. Yeah. Like they had a chance to do something cool with this and it was dumb. Like it just. Yeah. If you got our truth in the middle of this and you can't make it better than that, come on. That I will say the, the only reason why it wasn't my turd sandwich is because our truth was hilarious throughout the whole. He thing. was so good. Like our truth getting mad at the crowd and like uh, the, all of that stuff was just fun. I love our truth and everything even, he did was great, but it was but just, even he couldn't save it. No. And like the team bad reunion of Sasha and Naomi being Tamina's bridesmaids. Like that was. That was cool. great. I do agree. I, it may have been Bully Ray that said it on Twitter or something. Sasha Banks does not need to be anywhere near anything like this ever again, though, because no. or Naomi, like they are two main event level people that should not be involved with this at all. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was stupid. <laughs> Speaking of that, like the booking of the women's tag titles has been really good coming out of WrestleMania. Uh, obviously, you're putting Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley at the forefront of that. You're using Sasha and Naomi as a foil to have Rhea turn, yada, yada. I like it. I think yep. it's been good. I'm not going to say it's the best booking of the women's tag division <laughs> ever, but like the we're on the right track. But the only issue is there's only two teams. No, we got more. We're you good. have Sasha and Naomi, and you have Shayna, and you have Natalia. Yeah, so we're going there next. But we're who's not. after that? They'll come up with somebody. It'll See, that's fun. the problem. The women's tag team titles just need Listen, to go I'm away. Listen, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm hopeful for the future of the division. Oh, I'm saying right this minute, like it's not bad. Yeah, but I would much rather Sasha go up against Bianca than Sasha be in the tag division. Well, I would much know. rather Naomi go up against Sasha, uh, going up against Bianca than be in the tag division. 
Wasn't we all, but we can't have our cake and eat it too. Okay. (laughs) All right. Our high spots of the week. I'm going first. It's the lie detector segment. I mean, (laughs) like this segment was pure gold to me. When Kevin Owens called Buffalo, New York, Canada's landfill, Canada's wasteland, whatever he said. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Katie's so mad. Yeah, she's from Buffalo. She was not happy about that. Oh, shoot. That's hilarious. But man, (laughs) this whole segment to me, like it was especially like little things. Yeah. Like when Gable told Ezekiel to lie so he could get a baseline and Kevin Owens freaked out. He's a liar. See, look, he's just lying right now. Kevin, I told him to lie. (laughs) It was so funny. Like I loved it. It was great. Yeah, it was a home run for me. What, what I, do you got? What's your high spot? Uh, my high spot that is definitely one of my high spots. And my other high spot is Punk versus Dustin. Like that match was so much fun. Um, it got the crowd off hot. The crowd was nuclear for that match, and there were yeah. as, as many Dustin chances there were Punk chances. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and that that whole part was really cool. And then just for fun, just to throw it out there, honorable mention, Sting and the snapback was my moment of the night too. So I love that. I, that made me a bigger sting fan than I have been before. So that, that that was great. That was very cool. That was definitely very cool. All right, man, that is going to do it for this week on the pipe bomb wrestling podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed uh, what we're throwing at you. Give us some uh, feedback on social media at BBW podcast. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like, what you want more of, what you want less of. We are here to serve you. This is for the fans by the fans. Speaking of that, we have a treat For our fans coming up this Monday, yes, we talked about it last Monday, this coming Monday, those two stupid fellas or whatever they want to call themselves, Hunter Knott and Rosario Grillo, better known as TSF, the hottest tag team on the indie scene, continuing to live up to their name. They're going to be back on the podcast this coming Monday. Full disclosure, we have already recorded the interview and Andy... (laughs) It's fine. Our listeners are in for a treat. Yes, they are. Yes, they it are. It is so much fun. Love those two guys. They're coming back on the podcast this coming Monday. So make sure that you check it out. And then after that, Andy is going to take a couple episodes off. He is going on vacation. And then he will be back in a couple of weeks. Um, but I will still be holding down the fort with some special guests. And uh, we'll talk all about that coming up. And it'll be a blast. But until then, follow Mr. Andy York at Andy underscore PBWP. I am at Chris Belcher 24. The show is at PBW Podcast. Leave us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Show the boys over at Sportswire Radio some love. And hit that subscribe button on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. All of those three places, I know they would all appreciate it as do we. All right, let's get out of here. Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Belcher. Thank you all for hanging out with us on this edition of the Bite Bomb Wrestling Podcast. We will catch you guys down the road.